We are Artist Uprising. We have started a movement. Call it a revival for arts and entertainment. Call it a renaissance or united belief. That creativity should be undoubtedly expressed in a way that shapes culture for the better. That artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease, for creativity never sleeps. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Artist Uprising podcast, where we are featuring the top 25 creatives in Dallas. Today's episode is with Cress Patrick de los Reyes. Cress Patrick is a fashion designer. He works specifically with denim. He just moved to Dallas recently and started his denim collection. We met up at Blue CL and had an amazing conversation. Chris Patrick shared his story about being out in L.A. as a dancer, getting married, moving to Dallas, how he started designing denim. He talked about what drives and motivates him, the denim process from imagination to creation, and everything that goes into that. He is such a creative dude and such a great guy just to talk to and hang out with. We had a great conversation, and it was so good to just hear his story. This episode is sponsored by Blue CL. Blue CL is Dallas's newest 33-story Skyrise condominium tower, centrally located in the Harwood District. From a private spa to 24-7 concierge, experience what resort-style living means by visiting blueclliving.com. That's B-L-E-U-C-I-E-L living.com. This building is absolutely beautiful. It is where we recorded this episode, and both Chris Patrick and I were just blown away absolutely amazing be sure to check out the website all the information will be in the show notes below thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoy this episode here is my conversation with chris patrick de los reyes chris patrick thanks for being on the podcast yeah man thank you for for having me i'm honored to be here so you're not originally from dallas you just said you've been here for a year yeah october your year october 2nd 2018 my wife and I got to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so over here. Uh, born in D.C. Yep. And I know this because I literally just asked you before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, born in D.C., grew up uh, Maryland. Yep. So and then went Spring. out to L.A. Yep. Um, what were you doing? Like, what were you doing out in L.A.? What brought you to Dallas? Kind of. Um, so, L.A., I moved there when I was 20. Moved there with a couple buddies of mine. Um, originally... And most, a lot of the time I was out there, I was working in the, uh, in the entertainment industry as a backup dancer. Okay. Yeah, so that's what brought me out to L.A. Originally, a, uh, one of my buddies was trying to be this musician, artist, and uh, my friend and I moved out with him to be his backup dancers. Um, stuff with him didn't really pan out yeah. in L.A., and we just discovered the dance industry out there. And we're like, yo, this is like, you got served out here. Yeah. All this crazy hip-hop dancing, what we loved to do. So we just kind of stumbled into that world and just started pursuing a dance career and stayed out there for 13 years. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then what, what brought you, like, why'd you move to Dallas? What was, why L.A. to Dallas? Yeah. So um, my wife... Uh, she's originally from Coppell. So, um, so how did y'all meet? We met at church. Oh, cool. So yeah, we were, it was, I met her in like 2014. We were going to the same church. I was actually, um, out in LA. Yeah. Okay. In LA. 
I was teaching a dance class. We used to do um, these free dance classes on Tuesdays. And I was teaching at the church. At the church, yeah. That's cool. We had a huge like dance ministry at the yeah. time. I was like one of the leaders in it, um, and we would do these free dance classes. And I would teach like beginning hip hop classes and it, intermediate advanced hip hop classes. Yeah. And so she came out to one of them with one of her friends, and that's the first time I met her. Uh, always, she like I always remembered her from that class. I even saw her the following Sunday. I was like, "Yo, Erica, yeah. right? You were taking <laughs> class." And I remember she told me she was from Texas. I was like, "You're from Texas?" And I don't know. She kind of like imprinted on me yeah. a bit. Yeah. But um, we didn't start dating till maybe like a year later. Um, but anyways, how we got to Dallas was after we got married. She would kind of bring up the conversation every now and then. Like, would you ever want to move to Dallas maybe in the future? Yeah. Maybe when we start having kids. And I was like, nope. Like, why would I <laughs> yeah. ever leave L.A.? Like, yeah. I love L.A. So like, the plan was to always stay in L.A.? Yeah. I was like, all my best friends are out here. Right. Like, my community is out here. Like, I'm doing fashion. Like, why? this is the place to be. Yeah. Like, and we love L.A. We love the mountains. Um, and the beach is right there. So like, yo, this is, yeah. like, why would we ever leave? The, uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's expensive for sure. Right. But I'm like, we'll make it work. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved Dallas. I loved coming to visit her family. And when we come from the holidays and stuff like that, it was nice to escape the city. But it was mm, Christmas 2017. We were out here um, visiting her family. And we're actually downtown uh, getting coffee with her dad at Ascension Coffee on like Elm Street. Uh-huh. And we had just been exploring the town. I love cities, so anytime we would come visit her family out here, we would always wander around downtown. Yeah. Um, so we were getting coffee downtown with her dad, and he had forgot something in the car. And I was like, all right, I'll go get it. So I went to get it, and on the way back, I had noticed um, this building is the Wilson Building. I don't know if you're familiar uh-uh. with it. It's on, like, um, Elm and Herve, maybe? Okay. Um, I was just admiring it because it's the architecture of it was really beautiful. And I was like, man, this, I was just standing there. I was just like, this is a really beautiful building. And then all of a sudden I felt like this drip of excitement into yeah. my heart. And I was like, yo, there it is. God, what was that? <laughs> what was yeah. that? And I started getting like super excited about the city. And I was just like, I started Googling, what is this building? I was like yeah. looking up apartments and houses in Dallas. And I'm like, yo, what am I doing? Like, why am I so excited about this city? So I was like, man, I think God just did something to my yeah. heart. And I talked to my wife about it. And when we went back to L.A., this seed that was planted in my heart, there was just various things that started to water that seed. Yeah, And we prayed about it a lot. And ultimately like a couple months later came to this decision i was like i think we're supposed to go to dallas and i was like so gung-ho about it and she was the one that was like i don't know i wasn't thinking about it now i was like maybe (laughs) i'm still enjoying la i was like nope we're going so we had formulated a whole plan saved up a certain amount of money and moved drove drove out october 1st got here october 2nd wow now we're here dude yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, what was, what was the was it like? I mean, once you made that decision, was it like 
all right, you know what we're doing this? This is easy. We're going to, we're going to make it. It's going to be fine. Or was it kind of like, were you still trying to hold on to like, no, I want to stay in LA. I want to make this in LA. I want to do this. And yeah, no, not at all. It's just like, like we're moving. Yeah. Like God really just completely changed yeah. my heart for the first time. I didn't feel attached to LA. I always felt like I need to be in LA. Like yeah. Everything. If I was gone for too long, I was like, I need to get back. Like so much is happening there. Right. Um, I want to be part of it. I want to experience everything that's going on there. So for the first time I didn't feel attached. Yeah. And I was like, I can leave this place. Like I don't need to be here anymore. I still love the city. Like, yeah, I'll always love LA. Like to me, I feel like LA's home. Um, but I was like, I can go. Yeah. I can go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so when did you start um, design, like you were doing fashion and, and denim and all that stuff? When did, the, when did all that come into play? Yeah. And how did you move that to Dallas? Um, so that's, well, I went to school out there in 2009. I went to, the, to FITM, which is uh, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Uh, okay. I went there from like 2009 to 2012. Um, I was majored in product development. Um, always, I went there because my parents didn't really support me being in LA. You know, I grew up, I'm Filipino and being in like an Asian home, yeah, pursuing some sort of dream, especially in like the arts or whatever was not, was not a good idea. Really? So they wanted me like, yo, go to school, get your degree, preferably be a doctor, yeah. um, and make get a secure job, make yeah. lots of money and do that, the whole formula. And I just, I hated science. Hate, I yeah. like, didn't vibe <laughs> with school at all. Didn't fail anything, wasn't a right. terrible student, but I just like didn't care about right. school. Um, so it was kind of a way to appease them. They're just like, get have some sort of backup plan. Yeah, They're like, you can be dancing your whole life. And I was like, oh, I probably won't be dancing my whole life. So let me figure it out. But uh, I had a friend, she was going to the school studying fashion design. And I didn't grow up in, like, a creative community. So I, the concept of going to school to study fashion, I never heard that before. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what? You're going to school and you're studying how to make clothes? Yeah. I'm like, I want to do that. So, you know, I applied. I got in. I went there, got my, like, associate's degree in there. After that, started interning a few places, um, anywhere from, like, I was on the wholesale side to styling, worked retail a bunch just like throughout yeah. my whole life. But I always wanted to design. Um, was kind of scared of it though. But it wasn't until 2015 where I had this opportunity. My, one of my friends hit me up and she was like, "Hey, like I had no, I have this friend. He's looking for um, an assistant. He's uh he's like he's starting. He's helping start this new denim brand and he's looking for someone to." kind of take under his under his wing and like help him design everything yeah. and create he's like she was like um he's not really looking for someone that has to be super experienced in the industry doesn't even have to be experienced in denim um he's just looking for a good dude that you know he'll vibe with yeah so i was like yeah i'm super interested um and this was around the time we i had just gotten engaged it was like two months into our engagement and i was like i didn't really have a career yeah yet I was still kind of auditioning with some dancing and trying to transition out of that and just working some odd jobs, yeah. various, like, you know, 
not career jobs. Um, so that opportunity came about. I met up with him. His name's Christian, and he hired me. And he's become now he's like, you know, a dear friend, brother. Yeah, yeah. He's like a design mentor, just um really amazing, amazing guy. Um, so my de- my journey with denim started there. It was just like a really cool experience working for that brand. I worked for them for two years, um, because they were like a, it was a family business. They're a denim okay. manufacturer in L.A. So they manufactured like top to bottom. It was called like vertically integrated, where they did everything under one roof from design to pattern making oh, wow. to cutting, sewing, washing, all of that yeah. under one roof. So they were like one of the few places in LA that did everything under yeah. one roof. So I got to see and experience and learn everything about denim from top to bottom, which was like that's awesome. A great, great yeah. experience. And my boss, Christian, he loves denim. Like, his heart is made out of denim. (laughs) And he kind of just, like, spilled his passion over to me where I just really fell in love with the fabric. Because I think a lot of people think about denim as just like, yeah, it's like, it is what it is. You know, most people have multiple pairs of jeans and maybe, like, a denim jacket. And it's like, you usually see denim in this one way. Right. And, you know, but there's... That fabric is really deep. Um, there's so much you can do with it. Just the history with it, yeah. the culture around it. American denim, Japanese denim, Italian denim. It's just like yeah, a beautiful fabric that I fell in love with during that process. Um, so that's like where my journey yeah. with denim started. And then I guess transitioning into doing my own brand. Um, I had always wanted to do my own brand. That was always a dream. I just didn't know like what to do I didn't have like an idea of like oh I want to do this or that yeah um so kind of transitioning out I mean before I left well before that job ended um I was trying to figure out how do I start my own brand and I was like okay I need to put together a whole like 15 piece core collection yeah I need to figure out all my trims and fabrications. I need to source that. I need to find a pattern maker to work with, a sample maker to work with. I need to type up a whole business plan. I need to have, like, mood boards, my whole demographic profile unlocked. I need to pitch to investors. And I'm hearing, like, yo, you need, like, a quarter million dollars to start a brand. And I was just, like, all this stuff was, like, piling in my head. And I was just, like, yo, I can't do all that. And it was, like, it stunted any progress or anything any like movement in starting something and it just was like all right I can't do all that like I don't know how to do all that I'm not even like really business minded at all I was like I just need to start making stuff yeah and um from working in that factory I discovered what are called shrink blankets it's what I make all my pieces out of so um how it works is like when a brand makes, say some brand, I don't know, Levi's, wants to make, you know, 5,000 pairs of jeans in okay. some style. What they have to do, and they say it's like a light wash denim, say, and maybe they have like 10 rolls of fabric that they use to make those 5,000 pair of jeans. They have to do something that's called a wash test. So they cut, they take each one of those rolls of fabric, they cut like a yard to two yards of it, they draw a 20 by 20 square on it. 
and write a bunch of other stuff on it to label it. And they wash that yard of fabric in the wash that they're going to wash the jeans. So they see how much the fabric shrinks in the wash. And that information is for the pattern maker. So the pattern maker gets it after the wash and measures the 20 by 20 square. They measure how much it shrank in the width, how much it shrank in the length. So they know when they make the pattern, they know how much bigger to make it. I just tapped that. That (laughs) sounded like a gong. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So they know how much bigger to make it so that when they wash it, it shrinks down to the correct size. That was a lot of information. I don't know if you caught all that, but... I didn't so, know that much stuff went in, like all yeah, that went into. It's, it's, there's yeah. a lot of process. Oh, I bet, making, yeah. Into making denim. So they had these shrink blankets, and essentially after stuff goes out of production, after they're done making all those jeans, either the, those shrink blankets either get thrown away, sometimes the brands take them back and, I don't know, do yeah. something with it. Or what I discovered was that on the other side of our warehouse – they stored all these shrink blankets in these plastic bags and they just sat there. So I asked the like production manager, I was like, how long have these blankets been sitting here? Yeah. He's like, man, some of these blankets have been sitting here for like 10 years. I'm like, what? Wow. And these were like really nice fabrics. Like the, who they were meant, the, the manufacturer, the family, like they, the brands that they were producing for were like Tom Ford, like Calvin Klein, yeah. Public School New York, like high-end, high-end brands. Yeah. So these were like really expensive, really nice fabrics. They had a bunch of writing and stuff all over it, but were like amazing fabrics and yeah. they're already washed in some cool colors and cool washes. So I was like, man, I can, I was like, I can make some stuff out of this. So I had some friends that were making stuff already and I was really inspired by just what they were doing. So I took some, I started taking some of those shrink blankets and I started, I was like, yo, I, you know, I have a basic understanding of pattern making. I have a basic understanding of sewing and constructing. I was like, let me just see if I can make something. So the first thing I made was like this kind of patchwork denim kimono and I made it and I was like, yo, this is, (laughs) this is dope. I was like, I just made this and it kind of started with that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do, you know, this DIY generation that we're in. I was like, I can start making stuff on my yeah. own. I'm just going to do stuff on my own right now and see how, how much I can do. So yeah, that was like the start of my journey. What, what year is this? That what? was 2017. Wow. Yeah. And then how did it go from there? Like, was it like, how did you get you know, people to buy your stuff? How did you get your name out there? How did you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of grow grow the business to where, like, you can do it? You know, like, you can, like, I mean, yeah. you're, you're here in Dallas now doing it. Like, yeah. how, how was that like? Yeah, honestly, coming to Dallas was the best thing um, for the brand um, because I had released some stuff in L.A. And L.A., you know, so saturated. Yeah. Um, everybody's doing something everybody's an actor everyone's a singer yeah a dancer everyone's a clothing designer so it's hard to kind of stand out out there so coming here and bringing what we're already doing out there out here um i think the soil out here was ready for it yeah um and so how i started out there was um i was i was trying to figure out 
one, I was like, all right, I want to start, I want to do like collections. I was like, how do I do like a cohesive collection? I was like, how do I get myself out there? Um, what's kind of like my identity and all this? Yeah. Because um, that's a lot of part just like in designing and creating a brand is like, you know, what's the identity? What's the voice? Yeah. Who are you trying to speak to? Um, so I was like, and I was very big on, I wanted to tell stories. I wanted there to be like a big purpose and behind what I was designing. Um, so I think I was driving one day and I, I love hip hop. And I, I was listening to Logic, the rapper. Um, and it's just like kind of reflecting on his career. Just thinking about, I was like, oh, this dude, he's, this dude's blown up now. You know, I remember when I first discovered him, he was just like an indie artist, just um, putting stuff out on YouTube yeah. and just growing his career. And then it dawned on me. I was like, well, I was like, like an indie rapper. I was like, you know, when they first start out, like they put out mixtapes and they kind of put out like, you know, maybe a single, maybe these five, yeah. six, seven song mixtapes. They play local shows. They kind of like conquer their city and like grow from there. I was like, I was like, I need to adopt that yeah. formula. I was like, I need to be an indie rapper with clothing. Yeah. So I was like, I want to start putting out clothing mixtapes. Um, I design. I was like, let me design these. I don't know, two to five piece collections. Yeah. Very story driven. Each piece has like a story that's like inspired by like just my life, which is like all I can pull from really it's just like that's what right. I know and let me tell stories about you know things that have shaped my life um I'm gonna title each piece like it's a track I'm gonna title the whole collection like it's a whole mixtape and I'm gonna just push it like this is my mixtape yeah. this is my clothing mixtape yeah. and let me start doing pop-ups and those will be that'll be like me doing local shows yeah and I was like that's just how I'll start getting my name out there and just start you know, creating some sort of like, I guess, fan or customer base. Right. Um, so I did like two of those out in LA, sold some pieces, but it was just like, it was hard. Yeah. It's hard to kind of just get people to pay attention or just get people to notice. Yeah. Or be in those right circles where people, you can get elevated. But um, I started doing that when we moved. It was something I was still doing. Um, and it's, you know, my biggest passion. Um, so I was like, all right, I need to continue doing it out here. So I just started making stuff out here and just through meeting a, a lot of people, meeting a lot of great people, yeah. a lot of the right people, and then noticing what I was doing, being able to sell some pieces to some people, doing some custom orders for people is what I started doing. Yeah. And um, now I have stuff in production, which um, I created a, some core jackets and, like, my next mixtape that I'm releasing is all in production right now. And uh, that'll be done in a few weeks and gearing up to do some pop-ups with yeah. that, like, like quote unquote, like local like shows yeah, um, and start pushing it yeah. that way, man. Yeah. That's brilliant. Like here's my, here's my single yeah. or here's my, you know, here's my work. I'm going to put it all together at, and you can sell it as tracks. Here's the whole album. Yeah. Man, that's so, like, it makes so much sense in my mind, like, listening to how you put it all together and how you're bringing it. Was it just, was it just you? Did you have a team of people around you to, like, help 
make some things like how did you did you have you hired anybody you know like what is the the team aspect look like or is there a team i mean there doesn't have to be a team but i'm just yeah you know i mean the team has really been just my wife and yeah. i um i bounced That's awesome. a lot of ideas off of her i mean and not it wasn't until now where i went into production for the first time that i hired a manufacturer okay. like a local um manufacturer out here um shout out priscilla bait factory she's awesome she's you know making sure all my stuff gets sewn up um, yeah it wasn't until till that really i've been doing everything on my own um and i i think i've maximized how much i can do on my own i've kind of hit like the ceiling yeah because it's like okay in order to grow like there needs to be more people involved. Right. And I want that. I don't want to just like keep working just by myself. Yeah. But that's been the whole design process and everything so far. Um, just kind of figuring out, okay, I have an idea. Let me make a pattern for it. Yeah. Let me sew it up, you know, make a few samples and get it right, get it perfect. And then, you know, start pushing it yeah. in there. Yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what... Uh, designers have inspired you to like create like the the best quality who who you like follow do you does anybody like inspire you to do yeah. what you're doing and yeah and um I think my first inspiration was um this Japanese designer named Yoji Yamamoto um he was kind of like my entryway into high fashion yeah and just to learning about it and just becoming such a big fan of, of it, um, mainly through sneakers because I've always I've grown up loving sneakers. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself a sneakerhead, but like I've always loved sneakers and yeah. appreciated sneakers and buy sneakers. But he has an ongoing collaboration brand with Adidas called Y3, and uh, when I discovered those shoes, I was like, "Yo, what are these? What are these sneakers?" Yeah. I was like, "What's Y3?" And I found out I was like. Adidas, and I was like, who's this other guy, Yoji Yamamoto, and then I started learning more about him and his design quality, and I even worked at the Y3 store in um, in LA for, yeah. for a bit, and just seeing his designs and just his silhouettes, just like being introduced into, so like him, another Japanese designer, Rei Kawakuba of Comde Garçon, um, the way they play with silhouette, like in the Japanese approach to things. Yeah. I'm very inspired by a lot of Japanese designers because they're so much about the craftsmanship, um, the details. Yeah. They're like, Japan, man, they do it. They do right. it right. They do it right. I'm so inspired yeah. by Japanese fashion. Um, so a lot of Japanese designers, a ton. Um, there's another Filipino designer out there. His name's Ruigi. He has a brand called Rude. He's based out of L.A. Um, I'm inspired by him a lot because, yeah. you know, another Filipino guy, very successful yeah. in this industry and very influential. Um, right. So to see him doing that is someone who looks like me and from the background that I'm from doing you yeah. know, what I seek to do is really inspiring. Yeah. Um, another American designer, I think, who is a very important designer right now his name's uh, Kirby Jean Ramon. He has a brand called Pierre Moss. He's based out of uh, New York. 
he's uh, he, oh, man, just his social commentary yeah. on things um, are really inspiring. Um, I think his shows, what he does, brings a lot, a lot of unity, especially for the um, African American community. Yeah. Um, I'm just so inspired by the narrative that he brings to his collections and just the awareness he brings to yeah. a lot of social issues are really, really inspiring. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, how long does a, like, so your next collection is in, collection is in production. How long does it take from you get the idea of your album, quote unquote, yeah. How long does it take from idea to okay? Now it's all in production. To all right, here's we're selling it. It's out. It's released. Everybody can buy it. What's that? What's that timeline like? Does it depend on how many pieces you have, or yeah, yeah? It can. What does it look like? Um, I mean, being able just like to function on my own schedule and on time. Yeah. Um, it can be, it can kind of be as quick as I want it to be, or it could take a long time. Excuse me. It's taking, I mean, just, I'm still like very new and just like still just trying to find my feet and all this. Yeah. So me getting to this production stage finally, it's taken me, it's taken me a year. Um, and I know it can be a lot, a lot faster right. than that, but it's just like, I had this idea for this mixtape that is in production right now, and even the, this core jacket that I'm getting produced, I, does, I designed it all and made samples for it last year. Um, maybe like a couple months after we moved to Texas. Yeah. And I just didn't know. It's like, okay, like trying to find a manufacturer, trying to figure out, okay, how do I get all this into production, trying to figure all that stuff um, while trying to get settled into the city. Right. So... That took me about a year to yeah, do, but um, it could take, I know now just like with everything I've learned and having, you know, the connections to the manufacturer and getting all this stuff done. Yeah. I mean, I could essentially have an idea for something, maybe spend a week sewing it and perfecting it a week or two. And then essentially if it's perfect, I could hand that stuff off immediately yeah. to the manufacturer and production time can be anywhere between like three to six weeks. And then, wow. you know, depending yeah. on how much stuff I give to the manufacturer, yeah. yeah, but stuff can get done up and like ready to go, ready to sell in a few months Yeah, if I wanted to. Yeah. What is it like, like on release day, it's like the collection is being released. Yeah. What's what are your emotions? How do you feel? Are you like nervous? Are you like kind of anxious about it? Are you like pumped and excited? Maybe all the feelings, but yeah. what's kind of going through your head? I'm excited, man. I mean, just to especially with like the mixtapes of just telling these stories that are like near and dear to my heart. I tell a lot of this latest ones are just about a lot of revelation I've had. Yeah. Um, especially just with my relationship with God. It's called the mixtapes called Conversations with God. And um, I'm just excited, man, because, I mean, a bit nervous, too, because, you know, with any art, you're being vulnerable right. by putting it out right. there. And yeah. you open yourself up to commentary and judgment. And right. um, 
I'm thankful to have a lot of people around me that are very supportive. Um, so it's just exciting to put something out there. Yeah. And it's, it's the craziest feeling when someone gives you money for something you've yeah. made. Yeah. I'm just still like, just when someone pays for something that I've made, I'm like, yo, you, you want this? Yeah. Like the thing that I made, like you really want to give me your money yeah. for this? It's, it's a crazy feeling and it's always so humbling. And I mean, that's like the biggest compliment. Yeah. To someone, for someone to give you money. For sure. For yeah. something you made. I'm yeah. Like, this is crazy to me. Yeah. So, it's an exciting thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Where can people find you? Where can people buy the, the album? Um, so Where should they go? My, the Instagram is at crescente.patricio. So, man, it's long. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes yeah, below. Yeah, put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, it's my grandfather's names. And then That's the awesome. website is cpatricio.com. We'll put, put that in, in the, the show, show notes, notes below, too. Man, it's complicated. But, uh, yeah, That's and awesome. then on there, I'm, I'm going to be advertising for pop-ups I'm going to do. I'm doing a pop-up for sure with uh, this shop called Shop Commerce Okay. Um, at the Adolphus Hotel, December 13th. They're doing an event, and I'm going to be selling some stuff there. Nice. And I'll be cool doing some pop-ups. I'm hosting myself. So Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. I have one, one final question. Yeah. What... What inspires you? What drives you? What inspires every day when you wake up? I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to go at it. What is that Dang. motivating factor? Um, <clears throat> on the, I guess on the surface is just I love it. Yeah. Like I love, I think everybody on some levels we're meant to create. I think we're born to create. Yeah. Whether it's clothing, whether it's furniture, whether it's tech, you know, there's no other feeling like having an idea in your head. Yeah. And at the end of the day or a few days later, like you're holding it in your hands. I'm like, that's an addicting feeling. Um, so I just love whether I'm selling clothes or not, I'm just going to make clothes for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because like it makes me buy less. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, you know, I love that. I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to make it. Right. So I'll make it. Yeah. Um, another part is the sustainability aspect of it. I didn't. I didn't like um, seek to create a sustainable, environmentally friendly brand. It just kind of found me. Yeah. With these shrink blankets, I'm like upcycling all these fabrics. Right. So it's stuff that a lot of times gets thrown out, and just realizing and learning how much the fashion industry creates so much waste in this world. Yeah. I think we're the second leading business that creates waste. Yeah. In this on this earth. Um, just learning about that and just like, okay, I can make new things out of these things that already exist. Right. I'm like, I want to keep doing that. Um, that's motivating. Another, I think the biggest aspect is people. I think a lot like food, clothing can unify people. For sure. A lot. And just the narrative that you, that you can choose to bring to clothes can be very unifying and healing. Yeah. Like I have... I have like a huge dream of just like that the clothes I create will heal people. Um, just like my relationship with Jesus is just like a big part of yeah. what I put into the clothes. And um, I don't know, just being inspired by just Paul in Acts, like it said, his handkerchiefs and aprons literally healed people. I'm like, those are fabrics, those are things people yeah. designed and made. And those literally brought healing to people. 
So to be able to see my clothes bring healing mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, through like the stories in it that I want to tell and just to bring that into it through just like well-designed, well-crafted things um, that hopefully one day will be like worthy of Paris runways. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge, huge motivator of mine. So yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for doing this. And thank you for your time, for um, taking time out of your schedule to do this. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Absolutely. We are the artists that make our cities one of a kind. We are the artists behind all the beauty, even in your home. From the architecture that defines the place where you rest, to the space in between lined with fine art, handcrafted furniture, and vintage finds, there was an artist who gave you a priceless gift, a piece of themselves. It is our mission to abolish the term starving artistry. This podcast is about interviewing those who have paved the way with their successes in the arts and entertainment industry. Tune in as they give other emerging artist listeners tips to success as well as advice in the midst of a tipping point. This podcast series will also be a platform to discover together new emerging talent from all over the world. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag Artist Uprising to join the movement.